Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So today, before I sat down to record this here episode that you're listening to, I consulted the schedule. I have a schedule. I'm sure I've talked about it before. It it doesn't go out all that far, and currently it just kind of goes out to the end of the season, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. But I always consult the schedule to see what I have planned before I sit down and start recording, and guess what? There was nothing on the schedule for today. So... I really have no idea what I'm going to talk about. That should be fun. Right? 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 Uh, Okay. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. When the world. There it is. I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and uh, yeah, we're just going to have some general geekery here today, folks, because uh, nothing, nothing was on the schedule for today, so I just, uh, I'm just going to cast my mind back to what's been going on over the last couple of weeks, some of the things that I've seen, borne witness to, and read, and watched, and, and all that stuff, and and I'll just talk about it. And uh, that's that's how we'll do. Now, before we get into all that, however, before I, I try to create an episode out of nothing, I do want to talk about a couple of quick things. First off, this is May, in case you haven't noticed. And with May comes the end of season six. I'm trying something new in 2022, and that's to really kind of have a set schedule for my seasons, which is January to May with June off, and then July to November with December off. So the end of May will be the end of season six. We'll get the season finale 
on Tuesday, May the 31st. I will then, of course, be off all of June. Now, if you've been with me from the beginning, you know that during that off time, when I am off between seasons, I like to try and throw some bonus episodes up there. I don't like to go radio silence. I don't like to uh, give you nothing because, frankly, it makes me a little nervous not having anything out there. But because I do other shows, I am going to try my best not to do anything, not to release anything for just another fanboy during all of June. I may still record episodes and then bank them for when we come back in July, but I'm not going to release anything. I'm going to try my gosh darndest not to release anything in June. Now, don't hold me to that because you never know what's going to happen, but that's the goal. And if you're sitting there right now going, well, flip, man, what am I supposed to listen to while you're gone? Well, I have some options for you. I have other shows. There's my other podcast, which used to be just exclusive to my patrons, but now it has its own public feed so that any episode I put up for my patrons goes public a week later. So you got those that you can listen to in June. You've also got the Superman Super Show, which, you know, you have to kind of be into Golden Age Superman, but at least you get to hear my silky smooth stylings talking about Superman. And I, I have to, I have to admit that these, uh, these Golden Age Superman stories are a lot of fun. If you've never read Golden Age Superman, you should really check out these episodes because as crazy as I have heard, the Silver Ages, the Golden Age is almost more crazy. And I th- I feel like that's because the Silver Age, I think, is supposed to be crazy. Whereas the Golden Age, they're trying to write serious stories. And it's just, it's just crazy what they thought of as serious stories back then. I mean, episode four is up right now. It just went, came up yesterday. It just launched, landed whatever you call it. It just, it just hit the, the internet airwaves yesterday. And it's all about how Superman kidnaps a college football player. And he, he literally, he, he's like trying to, to stop some bad guys. And in order to do that, he has to go undercover as a football player on a college football team. But the only way he seems to have figured out how to do that is to kidnap one of the players actually sedate the guy, tie the dude to his bed, keep him drugged up, and then assume his identity. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Anyway, those are two options that you have. Uh, I'm also going to be working on some event or else. Uh, I want to be getting back to that, and I will try to use my time off to work on that. A little bit more on that here in just a bit. Now, Beyond that, I want to uh, announce the debut of the Just Another Voice line. I don't know if y'all listen to the Daily Rios, which is done by Peter Rios, but he he talked about in one of his previous episodes that he was thinking about getting one of those Google Voice line numbers because, um, you know, he reminisced about how back in the day you would set up these voicemail lines and... Just, you know, back in the Comic Geek Speak days, for example, when he was on Comic Geek Speak, they would get all kinds of crazy voicemails, not like voicemails from crazy people, but a lot of voicemails. And I used to get a number of them as well back in back in them days when I was doing just another fanboy the first round. And uh, that doesn't seem to happen much anymore. Folks don't seem to want to pick up the phone 
and and make calls. And nobody wants to, nobody seems to feel up to emailing anymore either. And, and I'm one of them. I don't email other podcasts, so I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not shaking my head in dismay and judgment. And so he talked about setting up a Google voice line so that people could text the show. And I have often visited the idea of setting up a Google voice line, but I had no idea you could use it for texting as well. And so once he talked about that, I looked into it today and I got it set up. So I'm going to give you the number. It's also going to be in the show notes, so you don't have to uh, worry about writing it down. It's uh, 785-318-6673. That's 785-318-6673. You can call it and leave a voicemail. I have it so it doesn't ring on my phone. It just goes directly to voicemail, and then it sends me an email with that voicemail as a as an MP3, so it's easy for me to add to shows. Uh, but if you feel inclined to text me, go ahead and do that. Just send the old tickety text. And uh, just make sure that if if you want me to use your name in the show as I read your text, that you add your name to the text, because otherwise I'm I'm not going to know who you are. So make sure you do that. And that's really, that's my, that's, those are my reminders and whatnot. So that means I now have to figure out how to create the rest of the show out of nothing. I did come upon the realization just yesterday as I'm recording this that the comic book collector that used to be inside of me is uh, officially dead. I know this because a month or two ago, I had made the decision. It was just a choice that I had made inside my head that... The next time I was in a comic book store or a flea market or I was at a garage sale or anywhere that you could find back issues of comics, I would go looking for the old Marvel comic ElfQuest books. If if you recall from back in the 80s when ElfQuest was like super huge, they licensed the property to... Marvel Comics, and I think Marvel used their Epic line, and they did color reprints of the original black and white books from the original Quest. And the original Quest, that's what I'm talking about here on my 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 Elf Quest episodes here on Just Another Fanboy. And uh, those were, of course, produced originally in black and white. And they were almost, I don't know if they were magazine size. I can't quite remember. I just know that they had to reformat them for the comic books, for the Marvel comics, because while there were 20 issues in the original quest, there ended up being 26, 27, 28, I don't know, more than 20 issues in the Marvel run. And they had to, like I said, they had to make some changes and whatnot to to make them fit the the format of a comic book. And so I thought, you know, that would be fun to, to recollect those. Well, just yesterday, found myself in a comic book store and uh started looking through the back issue bins and sure enough ran across a big old bunch of ElfQuest comic books and they did not have issue number 1 but they did have issues 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 it looked like they almost had most of the run and as a comic book collector going back issue diving diving into the back issue bins you know that you're not going to get the first issue right off the bat you buy what is available and then as you visit other stores and travel around and whatnot, you fill the holes in your collection. And that's part of the fun, right? 
So I was thinking to myself at one point, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll get issues. I get issues two and three and maybe four. They were three bucks a piece. That's not bad. Not bad at all. And uh, I just could not make myself purchase those comics. I just couldn't make myself shell out $3 for a comic book that I would bring home, probably read through once, put back in the in the bag and board and then have to find some place to store it. I just, as appealing as it was to me in thought a couple of months ago to start collecting these again, it just standing there in the store holding the issues in my hands, just the the appeal just washed away. It just did not feel like something I wanted to do anymore. And so I put them back in the box and I uh, left the store without buying anything. And and that's when I realized that the... uh the comic book collector inside me is officially dead. And that's fine. The reader inside of me, of course, is still going strong. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this show. I have just decided that I prefer to read and not collect. I prefer to carry my collection around on a uh, digital tablet and not try to figure out where in this tiny house of mine am I going to store them. And so that was a, a, a little life lesson that uh kind of washed over me today as I am aging, as I am creeping toward the uh half century mark, which is a crazy thought. So we lost uh another comic legend recently, May the 6th, George Perez. I believe he was just 63 years old. That uh that scares me. I'm finding as I get older and all of my heroes are dying, the first thing I pay attention to is not how they died, but how old they were. And then how old they were in relation to how old I am now and how far away that age is for me, right? Now, Neil Adams died recently as well. And both of those deaths really kind of hit the industry pretty hard. Neil Adams is one of those guys that while I recognize the contributions he made to the world of comics, he was, again, he was a legend. He was a big advocate for creator rights. He, uh, I don't think Batman would be who Batman is today were it not for Neil Adams. A lot of people attribute Batman's dark, gritty look and feel to, uh, Frank Miller. And I get it. I think there, there, you can point a bit of that over to Frank Miller, but, you have to give Neil Adams uh, a, a bit of that as well. But I wasn't really a big reader of, of anything that, that Neil Adams put out. I, I kind of came in after Neil Adams was a, was a big figure within the comic book industry. He didn't seem to be uh, putting out a lot of work uh, by the time I came into comics. I do, uh, um, I did read, of course, the, the trade, the hard traveling heroes, the, that, that run, or at least that storyline when, uh, he was on Green Arrow, Green Lantern or Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I don't know which came first. And so when he passed away, you know, I, I did feel that. But for me, it was more the regret that I he, he's just another one of those creators that I never got a chance to meet. George Perez was a bit different. Again, he's another creator I was not able to meet, but I did read a bit more George Perez comics in my day. He was still uh, a big name creator when I started reading. And 
Over the weekend, I was kind of thinking back over the books uh, that that he did and 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 what he's brought to the comic book world. And of course, my mind immediately went to Crisis on Infinite Earths because that's the event I happen to be practically uh, in the middle of over on Event or Else. I think we have done. Let's see, issue eight was the last issue that I looked at over there. And that that was back in early April. And, you know, I'm finding it slow going, getting episodes out on that show nowadays. And I had been thinking about how this week that we're in right now was the week I was going to really kind of knuckle down and work on the episode for issue number nine. And then the news came out that George Perez died. And so as I was kind of wrapping my mind around how I wanted to start in on the episode for issue number nine, I was thinking about, do I want to include a George Perez tribute? Should it be a simple thing at the end that just says, you know, like a a text thing at the end that says for George Perez and then, you know, the, the, the date he was born and the date that he passed away. Should there, should I devote five minutes, 10 minutes in the episode to go through a bit of his, his life? And, and some of the books that he gave us in his career. And in the end, I thought, you know what? I, I think instead I'm going to set aside the episode for issue number nine for the moment. And I am instead going to work on just a short video that will, that's just a tribute to George Perez. And I didn't want to spend too much time on it because then it might be two or three weeks before I could get something put out there. And, I, I, I want to try to get something put out there by Wednesday because that's if, if I, you know, when I release episodes of event or else they go out on Wednesdays. And so I feel like I need to have something put out there on Wednesday. If I'm going to do something that's going to say something about the life of George Perez, it needs to be this week. And so I started to think about how I wanted to put something together, what that's going to look like, how that's going to feel. And in the end, I decided on a video And in the end, I decided on a video, there won't be an audio version on the podcast feed. It's just going to be a video on the YouTube channel and it won't feature me talking at all. It's going to be text and images of the comics and music. And in fact, I reached out to uh, Kyle from Kirby Crackle and I asked if he would mind if I used uh, a song or two of his in the video and and he, he said that would be fine. So. I, I started in on the video last night and I'm about a third of the way through it. I hope to finish it up today. Basically, I hope to have it. it the, the goal, if, if to have it up on, oh my gosh, I can't even talk. As I'm recording this episode that you're listening to, it's Monday night. I should probably put this into a little bit of perspective. It's Monday night. So the goal, honestly, is to try to have it done tonight, but I don't think I will have it done until Tuesday night, which would be the night uh, that this episode here that you're listening to comes out so that, uh, I can get it scheduled so that it'll be ready to go Wednesday morning. But here's the thing. As I started putting that together, as I started imagining how, uh, uh, a video like that could fall into place. Originally, the idea was I was just going to take one Kirby crackle song and just simply put up a title and then gather up a bunch of pages of George Perez artwork from various comic books 
and run through all the pages in kind of a, a slideshow style while the song played. And in the end, I expanded on that. And it's actually going to be three different songs. And the video is going to be, I don't know, 12, 13 minutes long, maybe. And it's basically divided into three parts, which is uh, his, the, the early part of his career, the middle part of his career, and then the end of his career. And as I was putting all this together and and, and working through it, I, I, of course, started looking through those various areas of his career and thinking about uh, where I came in and then learning a lot about what he did and everything that that he's put out during his career. And of course, we all know, uh, or at least most of us know, that the some of the things that he's famous for is he, he did a run on the Avengers from uh, 75 to 1980. He started working on the Teen Titans with Marv Wolfman in 1980. Uh, that led him to do Crisis on Infinite Earths with Marv Wolfman. He did Wonder Woman. He went back to the Titans at one point. And he did some Superman. There was a, a, a an event called War of the Gods that he did for DC. He, of course, did the Infinity Gauntlet for Marvel. That's when I was first introduced to... George Perez, because I wasn't reading any DC comics post-crisis, and I did not read Crisis on Infinite Earths until, good Lord, maybe, uh, well, it was after the year 2000, I'll tell you that. And so when the Infinity Gauntlet came around, that's when I first cast my eyes upon George Perez. And then as far as my particular reading history with George Perez, he did um, The Incredible Hulk, Future Imperfect. I think it was one or two issues. I, I don't quite remember off the top of my head. Um, he did a, another run on the Avengers with Kurt Busiek in the 90s. I think that was part of the Heroes Return big push thing that Marvel did. Because if you were around at the time, you had all these, you know, big hotshot artists leave Marvel and go form Image Comics. And then Marvel and DC ended up struggling for a bit and trying to figure out what they could do to uh, get some of their readers back. And 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 uh, at one point, they did convince Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee to come do some books for them. And what they, what they ended up doing was, like, Rob Liefeld got the Avengers and Captain America, and then Jim Lee got Iron Man and the Fantastic Four and the Hulk. And then they took all those characters and they put them in their own little pocket universe and they got them for a year. And while they were gone, that, 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 that little initiative was called Heroes Reborn. And, uh, they were, they went off and did their own thing in their own little world and didn't sell as well as they were kind of hoping that they would. And then when that was over, the heroes came back. They relaunched all these titles under the Heroes Return banner, and they put some great creators on them, and they had like uh, Mark Wade and Ron Garney on Captain America, who those that team was actually on Captain America when the character was yanked from them and given to Rob Liefeld, so they just kind of gave him back to Wade and Garney. But then you had uh, Dan Jurgens and John Romita Jr. on Thor, and then you had Kurt Busiek and... Uh, George Perez on the Avengers. And 
It's been a while since I've read those issues, and I know that at some point after that relaunch, I stopped reading comics, but I remember really liking those when they first hit. And then, of course, uh, Busick and Perez did the JLA Avengers crossover. The first two issues were published by DC, and then the second two issues were published by Marvel. And that's one of those books that I, I need to dig out and, and read because I've, I've got, I wasn't able to pick up the, the issues as they were coming out because I wasn't reading at the time because those came out, I think, in 2003, 2004. And I didn't get back into comics until 2005, maybe, but I, I found a, a trade and I, it's, it's up in my attic somewhere, but I really, I, I want to read that again. So, uh, I, I will possibly be talking about those at some point in the future. But after that, um, I know he went back. Oh, he went back to DC because then I remember him doing, uh, Brave and the Bold with Mark Wade. I don't remember how many issues he did of that. He did a, uh, a final crisis, not final crisis, an infinite crisis. Is that, was that it? Maybe it was final crisis. There was some, uh, Legion of Superheroes story he did. I think it was final crisis. I now I can't remember. It was one of the crises that he, that he worked on, uh, when he came back to DC. And then from what I understand, and I've got it sitting in my, in my digital library, uh, he did a book for Boom Studios called Sirens. He wrote and drew it from September 2014 to December of 2016. Uh, again, it was called Sirens. It was the last thing he had done because then in 2019, he formally announced that he was retiring from comics, uh, due to health issues. He was limiting his, uh, convention appearances. And, you know, from there, things just, you know, his health just deteriorated from there. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, he, he has been on my mind, uh, quite a bit recently, uh, especially with putting that video together as, as I'm putting it together lately. Um, this is going to end up being a, a fairly long episode, I believe. A couple of other quick things. I haven't read a lot of new comics recently, but the, the newest book I read most recently was the issue of Twig, issue, uh, issue number one, written by Scotty Young, art by Kyle Strom. I don't have it in front of me, so, so please don't quote me on that. And, uh, you know, when I said I went, I was at a comic book store just the other day, that was Sunday. Uh, my daughter wanted to go and try to find some Harley Quinn comics. She has decided she wants to learn more about Harley Quinn. And, uh, we decided Sunday was going to be the day to go. And then Saturday night, I'm telling her, you know, we picked the wrong day to go to the comic book store. She says, well, why? And I said, cause apparently today, which was Saturday was free comic book day. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So, and, and, at our local comic book store, which is where we went, Chops Comics in Lawrence, Kansas. Apparently, Kyle Strom was there signing copies of Twig number one. And uh, not that I would have picked up an issue because, again, the comic book collector in me is dead. And frankly, they still had a lot of uh, copies of the the free comic book day comics sitting out on the counter when we were in on Sunday. And, and uh, Palin was able to pick a number of them up that she thought looked interesting. But Twig number one was a lot of fun. I have just recently started rereading Bone and I got a, a, a big Jeff Smith vibe from Twig. It's a uh, Twig is some sort of, um, I guess, uh, I don't know if you want to call him a monster, uh, in, living in a monster world, but that's very much what it feels like. My, my wife came and sat down next to me at one point 
while I was reading it on my tablet and she noticed it and was immediately interested. She's, she's normally not at all like that when it comes to the comic books I'm reading. But she was just like, oh my gosh, what are you reading? That looks adorable. And she said it reminded her a bit of Monsters, Inc., even though it's not a it's not a a monster world that's like a modern world like ours, just with monsters in it. It's it's more of a of a, uh, you know, they don't have cars and stuff. They don't it's just a it's a natural world. They have wagons or actually I don't know if I saw any wagons, but it uh it seems like a really interesting story so far. The art is beautiful. The coloring, that was the one thing that my wife really pointed out beyond the art. She was like, I just the colors are just so beautiful. It's just I love the color choices that they're using. And uh I feel like since I'm really talking about the colors that I need to look up who the colorist is. I am not even going to attempt to uh pronounce the last name of this colorist. It's uh Jean-Francois Ballou. That's that. Yeah. Okay. I made the attempt, but, uh, my wife was really impressed by the colors. I was too. Uh, you know, it's, I say it often these days. It's, you know, the, the, the colors is, it's not something I, I normally pay attention to unless it's, unless they look horrible or they look beautiful. And if they don't stand out to me either way, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they've done their job to a certain extent. I, I don't know that it I guess it depends on the type of story. I don't know that the colors should really stand out to you um, unless the the story really needs them to. And I think this story being a um, kind of a fantasy world setting where, you know, the, the, the character is a, a blue furry monster with a twig growing out of the top of his head who goes inside a, a living mountain and then has to go on a quest. Uh, you know, it's it's a very fantastical story. And so it needs a fantastical look and the colors really popped and I, I really quite enjoyed it. And speaking of interesting comics, uh, yesterday maybe, or was it Friday? Now I can't remember. I One of the comic book websites I frequent uh, put up a three or four page preview of the new Jurassic League, you know, the new dinosaur Justice League comic that, um, that, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is writing. And I don't remember who's doing the art on it, but it was one of those that when I, when I saw that, first of all, when I saw that Daniel Warren Johnson was working on it, immediately I'm like, all right, well, I, I've got to try it because the man's a genius. Uh, yeah, he's not doing the art, which makes me sad, but the man's a genius. And then it's like, all right, it's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. It's, it's the Justice League, but they're dinosaurs. And right away, I'm a bit hesitant because on the one hand, that sounds epic as is, 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 is all get out, right? It's like, oh, that sounds awesome. But on the other hand, it's like that could be really bad. <laughs> it could be really dumb. And, and, and the idea that, uh, bat, the Batman character is a Tyrannosaurus Rex who has to, I, I think the, the preview, I think the preview even says that it dons the, the, the visage of a bat to strike fear into the hearts of evildoers. That just cracked me up because it's a freaking T-Rex, right? Why would a T-Rex, you know, what kind of freaking bats do they have in their world that a T-Rex needs to dress up as one to scare other dinosaurs? Anyway, I saw some previews. Uh, I saw some preview pages for it online. I saw some preview pages for it. I just... 
I saw some preview pages for it online, and I think it looks really good. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's uh it's gonna get a thumbs up for me just from the preview pages alone. All right, before I leave, one last thing, and then I'm I'm out of here. Recently got around to watching the six episodes of the Pentaveret on Netflix, which is a Mike Myers show. Um, basically four half hour episodes. It's about a secret society of five men who, uh, since the days of the Black Plague, have guided the world and, uh, you know, in secret. And the main difference between this secret society and other secret societies is, is that these guys are nice. And, um, you know, it's a comedy. It's a Mike Myers comedy, so if if you like Mike Myers, then you kind of know what to expect. But because it is on Netflix and they can get away with a lot more, then it's it's a little bit more racy than than what you'd expect from Mike Mike Myers. Uh, but as far as the level of humor and the 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 cleverness, it's it's what you'd expect from Mike Mike. I just keep saying his name completely wrong. The Pentaveret. It was really quite funny. I I actually really quite enjoyed it. There were a number of moments in which I groaned inward at the uh, unnecessarily bad puns and jokes. And uh, he does play a number of characters in the in the show. And there's a lot of really good stuff about there. A lot of good commentary on Merca and the internet and the far right. And conspiracy theorists and the, the super rich and the, the tastemakers and the, uh, influencers and all that crap, you know? And, and, uh, I think in the end it had a, had a nice message the way it wrapped up. And the one thing it's, it's really funny because the one thing that Mike Myers seems to be known for is his Scottish accent. You know, it's, I, if there's, if, if he's going to do a movie in which he has to do an accent, if it, whether he is playing multiple characters, one of those characters will have a Scottish accent. Or if he is in a movie in which he is just playing one character, but it's going to be a character with an accent, it will be a Scottish accent. Well, I'm watching this show and so far he's played like nine characters and not one of them has had a Scottish accent. And yet, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but when the Scottish accent does show up in this show, it's, it's gold. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's really funny. Uh, I, again, if you like Mike Myers, if you enjoy his humor, you will really enjoy this show. Don't watch it around the kids at all. Uh, there is full frontal male nudity in it. Please keep that in mind. Uh, some, some people seem to have an issue with that. I, I don't know why. Uh, and I honestly feel like that's why it's in there because there's no female nudity in the show at all that I remember seeing, but there's one, one, one scene where you get a lot of full frontal male nudity. And I, and I think that's there for a reason. And I think it's there to make a statement. And, uh, yeah, again, some people seem to have a big problem with that. I, I, I don't quite get it, but, uh, I think that's it folks. That's the end of the show. So, uh, yeah, tell all your friends about us. Share the episode out there over on the Twitters and the Facebooks and all them other places. Rate and review the show and all those regular apps and stuff wherever you listen to it. You can subscribe to the Steven Says Stuff newsletter. Support me over on Patreon. And uh, you know what? All the links to do all that stuff are going to be in the show notes. And don't forget, if you don't ever, you know, if you want to 
send me some feedback and you don't want to send me an email, you can text me at 785-318-663. All right, I'm going to try that number one more time. 785-318-6673. Send me a little old text. And again, if you want me to say your name when I read the text, you got to put it in the text. I will not give your number out during an episode, though. That's 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 not going to happen. All right. Join me back on Thursday here on Thursday here here on Thursday when uh, uh, I'll, I'll take you back to uh, January of 2007 with episode 19 of the uh, first time around the Just Another Fanboy podcast in which I give a very brief review of the uh, Pride of Baghdad and a couple of folks get hit in the clavicle. That should be fun, right? Anyway, until then, folks, my name is Steven. And I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. You'll have bought a lot of damage and enjoy the fun of managing the facts of life. They shed a lot of light. If you hear them from your brother, better clear them with your mother. Better get them right. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. <gasps> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park